2: Welcome to a Tuesday's here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by your friends at Herd Ant Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah, Herbal, and you. Plenty of time to get in. And uh, it's, as Dolman kind of coined it, we were talking with him over the weekend. Find out Friday. And uh, we'll get you there. Again, watch party at the Herd Ant Sports Bar and Grill. Want to see you there. On Friday, we're live on the road. Hail Varsity Roadie Friday at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill, 4-6. to six. Game kicks off at 7. Real Red Reaction follows. So, I know we all look forward to the weekend sooner rather than later. A short week for the football team and plenty to hear from. Uh, Tony White, Coach Satterfield, and a couple of the players. will get you keyed in here. Ben Scott talked. Uh, Harburg spoke. And uh, what do they think about this upcoming challenge? Friday 4 8, 9, 12, 40. Four eight nine twelve forty. Elijah, you have a challenge tonight. Is the pot roast going to be just right? Not only time of eating, but for those vaunted leftovers. No, no. That, the the question is not
3: the flavor and the leftovers. I have that portion now. Th- this should be my my protein for the rest of the week. Uh, the, the pot roast. It's a it's a seven pound roast. Plenty of food in there. The question comes down to timing, and I, I had it all lined up perfectly. It's going to need the pot roast. It's a large one, so eight hours in the crock pot, or so. sure. I had it planned out well. Beef
2: broth, French onion mix. Yes. Uh, you have salt and pepper. Maybe yeah. some some garlic rub. Mm, just, are, wait, just wait. Are you Are you going? There's Coca-Cola in there as well. I've heard that's pretty yes, good. I thought you were Coca-Cola just going to say Cola there's- pot roast. I thought you were stopping with there's Coke in there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, that'll get you right for bowling, I'll tell you what, <laughs> Man, Elijah's really throwing hard at them pins. He's all keyed up. Yeah. No, so, but uh, it's, it's potatoes. Carrots. Carrots. Onion.
3: Onion. Plus s- the the roast, some garlic. There's just some cloves of garlic sitting in there. And- Along with and the Coke, along with the there's beef stock, Coke, and then the uh, the French onion soup mix, as you said. So you got all that ready to go. I got it in around eleven a.m. this morning. Okay, eight hours of cook time should get it right by about seven thirty. Whenever I'm getting home and needing dinner in time for for bowling tonight, which begins at nine. And you're doing those those new potatoes, like the the pot roast potatoes, the little small ones. Right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 The, the one problem being. I didn't account for the fact that it would take about an hour for everything to get hot in the crock pot. So now I'm yeah. an hour behind on cooking, and now the some of the, the timing is getting dubious. So we're going to see. The roommate should be getting home here within the next hour. They can check on it. They can. Uh, I cranked it up to high before I left, so hmm. hopefully that doesn't screw me over. They might have to turn it back down to low. We'll see. Regardless, nothing says fall. There's two meals to me that say fall. Chili? Chili and pot roast. Right. The two things that just like, man, that's what a perfect fall evening needs.
2: And Elijah's pot roast recipe so good, it will get you arrested in 10 to 20 in federal. <laughs> so, Will, I, I had to get the, the the food question because I know it's bowling night. And the fuel is the most important part of bowling. You need a, a, a lot, You need protein. a lot in your stomach to... You need a hearty soak protein to beer. soak up the
3: beer. Yes, perfect.
2: I know so. where you're going. <laughs> well, uh, kind of our theme today is September truths. And good, good column by Bill Conley, ESPN.com. And some of the truths he's deciphered so far. He is not saying Texas is back. Texas will, will know if they're back Twofold, they're not far removed from the Bama win, but they get Oklahoma on Saturday. But Michigan, and and this sticks out. And what's your mindset as a Nebraska fan? And to me, this sounds a lot like rule. It's not really who you play, but it's how you play. And, and I think that's been... Obviously, with the record what it is at Nebraska two and three going into a just critical ball game. But Nebraska's play has been really uneven. It's it's been it's been I'll say good as we're talking September truths. I will say the defense has been good. The defense was not good on Saturday. But for the most part, through the uh, the five ball games, four of them, the defense has played well enough to win, and quite frankly has has carried the other side of the football. The offense a ways to go. Uh, we'll know more about quarterback. Uh, the truth is you're very limited through September with offense. 17 points is all you've put up in Big Ten play. Uh, 10 against Minnesota and 7 against Michigan, and then you you factor in another 14 against Colorado. So your point total is disastrous. You've given up over 30 and two of the three Power Five teams you played, two of your conference squads. And, and right now you're staring at 0 and 3 as you flip the calendar to October. But we know that the, the rebuild may be long, but can it be shortened enough to get to a bowl game this year? October is super important for that. You squeeze in a bye week. But can you get in uh, and start off this month with a uh, going to be a hard-fought, tough ball game Friday night? It's going to be an ugly ball game. It's going to be probably a close ball game. I guess I don't see Illinois. You really know you're in trouble if, if Illinois' offense goes off on this defense. And the, the find-out Friday part of it, I mean, the, the tone – the body language, the words on Monday and Tuesday, Elijah seem okay. That this team is upset, and this team is is taking it serious. And whether you look at it at, look at it as punishment or opportunity, you were wearing some pads on Sunday, and you were cracking one another. He he's got to get this team to, to just cut it loose, go have fun, and and not be afraid, but also play control that's a lot to ask and you've got so many so many elements of this team where individually or as a group or unit there's been some highlights there's been some low lights and then there's been a lot of inconsistency but what you don't have you don't have a guy on each level of, a def- of the defense you don't have a guy maybe with the exception of Fedoni that, that is a matchup problem I'm not crowning him but he's been the most consistent guy on offense to me uh so far uh at tight end he's he's been what you look to and in limited action as far as targets against michigan he at least made some some nice plays he looked the part but overall you just don't have a bunch of guys you've got guys that were some were recruited at a high level uh some are or finds on the roster that have elevated through hard work and impressions on the practice field. But what you don't have is a dude or two on each side of the football as of right now that are are dogs. And it's not that they can't get there, but you're now into game five. You have a bunch of guys that have talent and they've always kind of had their role. Some of them need to step forward and, and, and take charge and take over. And be that difference maker. Be a Sunday guy, as Rule said. And I think you can see Friday night if that can happen, because you'll need you'll need really good quarterback play. You'll need somebody at running back to, to step forward. You'll need the offensive line, because I don't know how much money Nebraska is going to make running up the middle against the two interior tackles for Illinois, so I'd expect with Witherspoon in Seattle, Nebraska may try and attack the edge running the football. And then defensively, do you get after the quarterback, who Illinois' offense has been the quarterback run. Uh, Brown is off to the NFL. Their run game and of their offensive line is a shadow of what it was. Can Robinson take it out on Illinois? Can Nash respond? Can, can the middle... Linebackers, the, the that second level have a, a better tackling game. Secondary's been kinda in flux with some some new faces due to injury. But you need a couple you need about four guys to to lose it in a good way on Friday night. And whenever
3: you look at this Illinois team, from a talent point of view, I don't think Illinois scares you all that much. Uh that is being Nebraska. I don't think this is a team that that is going to out talent you on Friday night. They might be able to match your talent. Without physical, out you your, in most years. Your, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, because your, your talent hasn't necessarily been the best over the past couple of years. I think there's some talented guys on roster. I don't think you have enough talent, as we saw on Saturday, to compete with the top of the Big Ten. You have enough talent to compete with Illinois, but there's three things that don't require any talent that I think Nebraska has really struggled with over the past couple of weeks, really since that Colorado game. Maybe a little less against Northern Illinois, but definitely against Louisiana Tech and definitely against Michigan. That's your, your attitude. That is your effort. And that is your toughness. And those are the three things that Matt Rule preaches as being the hallmarks of his football program. Do you come with a positive attitude? Do you bring effort every single day? And do you play with a physical edge that shows that you are tougher than everybody else in the field? Those are the three things that, that if you don't have you cannot play in a Matt Rule-led football program. And I don't think Nebraska has shown those over the past two weeks. I don't think some of those things have been as bad as they have been in recent years. But I think the attitude, the effort, and the toughness compared to what we saw the first two games of the season were really lacking against Louisiana Tech and Michigan. Can you get those things back? That's what something like a Sunday night practice can show the team that you need to bring that back. That's what just, I mean, having a get right game against Illinois can show that, you know what, there's importance in having these three things and bringing these three things to the table. Those are the three things I'm really looking at from Nebraska against Illinois. If they can get those things done, I think they should be able to win the football game on Friday night because it's not the same Illinois team of last year. This Illinois team has some issues. They don't have as much talent as they had last year. I think they're going to be getting there. They're kind of in that rebuild phase to get back up to a point similar to where they were last year. But if you can beat them in attitude, effort, and toughness, you should be able to win this football game.
2: They, they, are, they are like Nebraska with that crossroads moment early in the season. Uh, they, they battled back, but for the most part got dominated by a good Kansas team. Uh, they survived against a Mac squad, and then they got lit up and rolled up by their former defensive coordinator. And and Purdue's supposed to have been a shadow of what they were a year ago in the post-Brahm era. Uh, another Elijah chimes in in light of the complaints. I understand where we are as a program. The one thing that would give me a lot of hope with rule and the future is clean. Football, no personal fouls, false starts, etc., And that's it. That has, listen, you need everything to go a certain way against a Michigan. Like TCU had. TCU made some plays a year ago. TCU also got a lot of turnovers inside the red zone. Uh, that derailed Michigan, and Michigan left about 21 points on the field in a, in a shootout game. What you're seeing from from guys that have been in the program from a false start standpoint to make it third and seven instead of third and two, is is unacceptable, and that that can't move forward. But it's it's been ongoing, and, and, I, and I and and listen, I don't I don't get how that happens. I don't get how that happens at home. And you saw it screw Nebraska in the red zone against Minnesota. You saw it screw Nebraska in a drive against Colorado early in the game when it was still scoreless and you're trying to draw first blood and then when you did get something going, that that fourth and one drive, uh, Nebraska somehow able, we were able to Convert on a third and fourteen, right? They, they they found Fedoni for the for the first down, but that would have been another three and out. Uh, in the third quarter, you're driving, you get another false start, and then you're settling for a field goal in the red zone. Elijah, how the hell do these penalties keep happening? And, and it's not like there's freshman or redshirt freshmen out there on the line. Well, Talking some guys with 31 career starts. Here's the
3: thing: you just laid out three of the four total penalty penalties for Nebraska against Michigan, though they all came in poor moments. Aside there's from there's never
2: me. a. Good time. There's never a good time. But 3rd and 2 is a bad, bad, bad
3: time. Four penalties for 30 yards, though, I think, over the course of an entire game is not bad. It looks worse whenever you compare it to zero penalties for zero yards against Michigan. But if you take away the— M-
2: compound interest, baby, on 3rd and 2.
3: If you take away the MJ <laughs> Sherman personal foul in the third quarter and the game's already out of hand, you're three penalties for 15 yards. The only problem with those three penalties is they all all three of them came in like a backbreaking moment. Down, where yeah. you, you couldn't have them third down. So I don't think I necessarily look at the penalties. Sure, they can get better. They can get better. It's not first and foremost paramount to me. To me, it comes down to can you get yourself consistently to that third and three? So it's not every single time. I mean, if you only have three penalties, but all of them come on like your only third down opportunities of the game, like it seems a lot worse. Manageable that your third manageable opportunities, I should say. Yeah, it, it feels like it's a lot worse. It comes down to can this team get to third and manageable more.
2: Well, that's gonna be extremely important. We'll talk about that. Jeremiah Searle's gonna be on the call this Friday. And uh, we'll talk with Searles, his thoughts on Michigan, his thoughts on Illinois coming up. He'll be with us to kick off hour two. Uh, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic going to join us here in about uh, five minutes or so. Get his take and uh, thoughts on, you know, just where Nebraska's at, some of his impressions. And we'll kind of get his September truths. What are his takeaways through the first month of the season? and always can join us at 4891244891240 i'm uh, you know i'm interested to see more of fleeks maybe i am smitten by someone busting off a 74 yard run against michigan be it their third team or the the last guys on the travel roster don't care saw some explosiveness and some shiftiness he reminded me of wandale running against illinois from a size standpoint, and just the ability to get lateral, then accelerate. Uh, I want to see more fleeks. I want to see some more option from Nebraska, and and I know Michigan shut it down. Uh, can Illinois do that again? I don't think they're going to make a living running up the middle. I don't say you don't try it or don't do it, but you pick your spots uh, with their interior and the the quarterback question. Uh, we we out we just laid out the the point total, and that's not necessarily all on the quarterbacks there's 10 other guys on the squad but you know uh, they want to be from an offensive identity a running team be it quarterback or running back they want to be a physical football team that's their identity that's their mo on offense but if, if they are to spread things out a little more uh, and, and let either Sims or Harburg, if, if he's still the guy, and, and I think Harburg will probably get a, third, uh, a fourth straight start. Let's see what he can do. Let's, let's maybe open the offense up enough with some three wide. Can he get protection? That's the question. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. He'll be with us shortly. It's Hale Varsity with you on a Tuesday.
5: Learn more at marines.com.
1: It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchy, Mitchy, Mitchie, Mitchie. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Talking Big Red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hail Varsity Radio.
2: I, I absolutely love that open from road trip and... Of course, dazed and confused. We welcome in Mr. Mitch Sherman from the Athletic. At Mitch Sherman, Mitch, I gotta ask you: Do you have any uh, any tool in your playlist when you're working out?
5: Uh, probably not. Probably not. But uh, you know, I can go and look for some of that.
2: No, that's all right. That's that's the, that's the bed below your your show open. So. I, I got
5: gotcha.
2: you. I was just wondering. I didn't hear the open. No, I, I, I'm i making sure. We can't ever tell with these phone lines. So, making sure you got it. So Personally, the, the tool
3: comes up heavy and often in my workout place which has been less over the past couple of weeks, but I need to get back to the flow of things. 12 weeks till Christmas.
2: Yes, and Elijah's putting that down. Mitch, you had a chance to talk with some of the Huskers as they gear up towards the Illini, and it was uh, it was a padded Sunday for Nebraska What was your takeaway with some of the the players that spoke from a, uh, I don't know, a body language, a tone from moving on from Michigan?
5: Yeah, that was a big topic of conversation among the players uh, with the media today. And it goes back to Matt Rule's comments on Monday about how they put them in pads when they came in on Sunday. Sunday's normally a a get well day, uh, some film study um, recovery time, a light workout, and it was that was not the case this week after the, the Michigan game on Saturday. So they came in and were told to put on the full pads and they went out and had a practice like it was a Tuesday. Now some of that is because it's a condensed week and they've got a game on Friday instead of Saturday so they've got to mix some things together. But r- really, um, if you're trying to con- condense Sunday and Monday, uh, you're not going to end up with the pads in that practice because Monday is typically an off day. So they're going to get their off days after the bye. Uh, Saturday will be an off day, most likely, for this team, although we'll see, I guess, based on how things go on Friday night in Champaign.
3: Mitch, will Saturday be an off day for you? It might be.
5: Is it travel day? So, no, that's not really an off day when I'm traveling. You know, I'm still working, uh, but I'm going to watch some college football. Uh, looking forward to seeing some of the Red River game as I as I delayed my flight a bit out of Chicago on on Saturday so I can sit and watch uh, some of Oklahoma Texas before I have to head to the airport and we'll see uh, you know we'll see how it goes from there when I get home
2: Mitch Sherman is with us from the athletic at Mitch Sherman is where you can follow him on Twitter so Mitch we were diving in a little bit to September truths as you flip the calendar to October what, what do you think you know about this Nebraska football team heading into Illinois? What can you gauge about Rule and this team through this first run? They're two and three.
5: You know, you know, I'll stick to most of the observations that I made through the first four games. I, I think Michigan will, be, will prove to be an outlier on this season. I, you know, I don't think it's going to be the game that sinks Nebraska's ship. And then, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about the first four games and the last eight and how. Nebraska's season went a different direction michigan is the is the team on nebraska's schedule that doesn't fit with the other 11 a- every other game is is one that nebraska can be competitive in and and that's how we saw it that's how i saw it before the season began and you know I'm, I'm still very much looking at it that way so the observations that i would make about this team are going to be based mostly on what we saw in the first four games when they've gone against competition that belongs on the field with Nebraska as opposed to last Saturday when you could be looking at maybe the best team in the country. And if not, that definitely a, a favorite to make the four-team college football playoff. And, and I would say that I, I know about this team that they're going to play tough physical defense, that they're going to they're try to run the football, um, that they're going to be conservative on the offensive side and, and, and hope that their defense can do enough to keep them in games and that they're going to strive to be a team that's better in the fourth quarter. Uh, that they're going to they're, they're gonna try to be to win the special teams. And that doesn't, hasn't necessarily happened uh, every week out this year, but they've got another seven games to, to, to work on that and be the kind of product in November that they set out in, in, in July and August to turn this team into.
3: We have a comment in here on the stream from Dion. He says, I'm pretty sure if we can't beat Illinois, we are not going bowling, and I think that's that's about my feeling as well with this Husker football team, and really, really, whenever you look at the next four games, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, and Michigan State, I think Nebraska needs to go 3-1 and one in those four if they want a chance at making a bowl game in November. And I'm going to get your thoughts. Based on what you saw in the first four games, if we're setting Michigan to the side, as you said, do you think it's it's possible for Nebraska to go 3-1 and one over the next four? And I guess what do they have to show you over those next four for Nebraska to get to that 3-1 mark?
5: Yeah, it's going to take improvement. And I think that was the direction that Nebraska was headed before we got to September 30th. So it's going to take continued improvement over the team that we saw in the first four games. They played better in games three and four than they did in games one and two. and I understand the circumstances were different. They were at home, they were playing group of five teams. And it's all, of course, Power Five, Big Ten from here on out. But it's not a murderer's row of, of opponents. In fact, I think the best two teams on Nebraska's schedule are there at the end in Wisconsin and Iowa. So you'd like to see that if you're Matt Rule and his coaching staff. They've got the next set of games. You know whether it's you can group that this is a one-game season that Nebraska's playing here before it's by, and they'll have time to assess and 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 heal up. And then they've got uh, three games. I suppose you can look at it that way. Uh, and and then you've got the finishing the finishing stretch of three. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's out there for them, but I would agree with you, Elijah, that it's going to be really difficult for Nebraska over the last six to make a bowl game if it has to go four and two the the This is a game you know mathematically yes, it can happen but but realistically I, I, Nebraska probably has to win this game to be in a decent shape at all position at all to go six and six and go bowling at the end of this thing.
2: Mitch, with us from the Athletic, Mitch Sherman. Find him at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. So, with the the quarterback spot, Harburg was in front of the media today. Uh, Sanderfield says sooner than later for for Sims. What's your read, uh, Mitch? Any? Do you think the offense could could spark with with Sims, or do you think you keep watching Harburg get better? And I know Saturday was a tough day, but. You saw some decent things from Harburg throwing the football that you hadn't seen.
5: Yeah, Michigan took most things away. You know, they, they set out to take away the run, and they allowed Nebraska some things to, to, in front of the Michigan defense through the passing game, but nothing that actually uh, beat Michigan, nothing that led to points. The points that Nebraska got in that game were on a 74-yard run. You know, much like Nebraska will tell you that, all of the Michigan touchdowns came on broken plays. I'm sure that, that wasn't a play that the, that the backup defenders for Michigan played all that well. Sometimes we tend to look at this thing and it's like, well, okay, Nebraska made a mistake every time Michigan scored. So if the Husters could have done this a little bit better and a little bit this a little bit better, then the score might have been whatever you want it you want to come up with in your mind i can guarantee you that michigan wants that play back that where josh fleek's mm-hmm. broke free for 74 yards and there were a lot of things that went wrong for michigan on that play too as you might expect with with second and third teamers in the game on the defensive side so uh i i think you can look at heinrich Harberg and, and you can take some good things out of that game um he got hot through the air in the first half in completing passes. And, you know, his accuracy was good after that, that first throw of the game that was batted into the air. He wants to avoid that, and as a 6'5 guy, he should be able to avoid that just about every time he throws the ball. Um, what I expect going forward, I think you're going to see both guys. I really do. I think once Jeff Sims is back in a position where he's 100%, he's going to get some some reps. You know, Heinrich has been has been a good quarterback for Nebraska through these last three games, but he hasn't played at the level where you say, all right, this thing is, is is over and done with? Um, there's still a competition there. Uh, there's still something that Nebraska can get out of Jeff Sims. He's a he's a good athlete in his own right. Um, does some things I think better than Heinrich Harburg. And they're they're going to get get the ball back in his hands, um, as Satterfield said, and I would agree you know, it's his decision. But I I don't think he's uh, fibbing. Sooner rather than later, it might be Friday night.
3: Mitch, in the the long term, what do you think the importance of Matt Rule getting the quarterback right is going to be for his rebuild? Not just in in 2023, but into 2024 and 2025. Is it the most important part of his rebuild he gets quarterback right? Is is there other things that are more important? Where does that that rank to you in terms of if Matt Rule can't get a quarterback, how is his rebuild going to go? It's the
5: most important single position. I mean, you can group things together and – Rate them as just a, just equally important or more important. you know, I would say his the, the culture of the program, you know the physical condition of the players, everything that he wants to do uh, to remake the uh, the offensive line. I mean all of those things are are important. But if you're talking about one position, there there absolutely is nothing more important than for him to get the quarterback right. And even with the other, in comparison to the other items, that can involve, you know, 20, 30, 40, you know, players or the whole roster getting the quarterback, right. It's, it's, it's still comparatively very important. You know, we don't know. It it doesn't look like they got it right this year. If you, if you go back to the end of November and you see what he had in front of him with the returning players in the program and you include Casey Thompson injured at the time in that list of players, they, you know, they're not sitting right now. I think in the ideal spot compared to where they were ten months ago. So, did he get it wrong this year? You know, let's see after twelve games. But it's not trending in a great direction. It's going to be really important for him moving forward into the twenty-four season and beyond that to to, to hit a home run when it comes to quarterback evaluation and development.
2: Mitch, about ninety seconds. What concerns you about Illinois?
5: Their defensive front, I think they've underachieved. Uh, Illinois hasn't been great at the line of scrimmage. We've seen historically, uh, at least in in recent history, that teams have a tendency to get right against Nebraska. Michigan got right against Nebraska. Michigan fans were were grumbling about plenty that had happened with the Wolverines in the first four games of the season, and and it looked like none of those those gripes held up in, in game number five. So who knows that, that that could continue to be a theme for Nebraska opponents, and really that has more to do with Nebraska, I think, or as much to do with Nebraska as it does with those teams on the other side of the other side of the field. We, you know, if Illinois is right and they've got those defensive linemen uh, stuffing the run and getting after the quarterbacks, then they're going to be a formidable opponent. Uh, so I, I would say that's the number one thing. And then on the other side, they've really had a hard time protecting their quarterback, and they've had a hard time. Uh, stopping a, a team's run games, which goes back to that defensive line. But, but still, there's good players up front for Illinois on defense, and if they're playing their best, then is going to have a hard time with the things that it likes to do in the short yardage game.
2: Mitch Sherman, find him on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. Read him with The Athletic. Check out his podcast with The Average Sports Show, him and Bill Dolman. And Mitch, will check in with you uh, later on. Awesome stuff. Have a good trip to Champaign. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. There he is. Good to spend time with Mitch Sherman. We'll get to your stream comments, your emails, plenty of reaction. We'll hear from the coordinators. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman. Hail Varsity continues on. Jeremiah Searles in about 25 minutes reminder about your friends at Dyer Law. Workers Compensation. Are you confused about the options? for your workers' compensation claim. Put your trust in the team at Dyer Law to help ensure that your rights are protected, you get the settlement you deserve. Call Dyer Law in the team today at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.law to chat with a trusted professional about your workers' compensation claim. That's dire.law, Dyer.law, 402-393-7529 nine open phones till five. Want to chime in at four eight nine twelve forty. You can do it. Is uh, good stuff from Mitch. We have some uh, comments. Rick emails in, and uh, Colin is shot. He thinks that uh, we're going to get beat by the pig farmer. Pretty good coach, and uh, Mitch was right on. If they get right, that theme of someone else always kind of clearing the cobwebs and finding their way against Nebraska. It sucks to be a lot of people's get-right team or game. That's got to shift. I like the gauntlet thrown down by rule. I like the fact that they're wearing pads now. They got to go out and do it. Cutter chimes in. I love his comments. This team will never get there, uh, get where it wants, to get until it can rebuild the offensive line. Sorry to say that this offensive line is still one of the worst in the Big Ten. Can be a good O, can't be a good O with uh, no O line, and they've got to figure that out. And uh, Redwine, I think this might be uh, Husker legend Jarvis. Uh, uh, Rule needs he, to decide. He said later on it wasn't. Okay. Well, the, the, well,
3: well, we'll get there in a second, but he well, said well, he needed well, a handle well, for a chat room back in
2: 1995. So he just went from, okay, he just went with Jarvis, 65. Fine with me. I like red wine, man. Um, you've got Rule needs to decide on an offensive identity and strive uh, to, to fill that players. Hold on a sec. Identity and strive to...
3: Fill the players in to just do
2: it. Yeah, fill the players in to just do it. Thank you for reading. I need to go back to my phonics.
3: My screen is much
2: larger than yours. Yes, Matt. it is. It might be,
3: might be re- that, that time where Schmitty needs reading glasses. I will pull
2: out the old readers. Uh, <laughs> let me get the readers out and, and, and go go to work <laughs> that way. But it, it may not matter. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they got to figure things out. We'll hear from Ruel, We'll hear from Harburg. We'll hear from Scott. Next hour, but uh, we're talking about uh, September truths. And that is a truth with this football program and team is is the offensive line. Uh, there's some other comments about the uh, the, the, the pot roast. And, and our friend Brennan from uh, the Black Hills, you have to give the Mississippi pot roast a try. Oh, I've seen that one. So what's the difference between Elijah's pot roast with Coke? Not that kind and and the Mississippi pot roast. So the Mississippi pot roast I've seen this use the Hidden Valley Ranch
3: packets.
4: Okay,
2: yeah, and you just sprinkle it on you top. You sprinkle
4: it
3: on top and then you get the uh, the the full jar of pepperoncinis with the oh, juice. Oh yeah, the, and then you pour the pepperoncinis on top and like it becomes like this pepperoncini ranch type sauce. That, okay. That that the magic your, sauce. Your your gravy and I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the uh, the Coca-Cola pot roast. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's been a, a tried and true method of mine for a long time. One of the ones that I've made it for so long that you know, you don't even have to, to consult the recipe book at all. Just, it's fun. Just throw it together real quick. And you know i probably have to consult the recipe book for the old Mississippi pot the, roast.
2: The pepperoncini's are, are fabulous. Uh, I love them.
3: But, but back to the, uh, the offensive line really fast here while we're talking September truth. And it's something that we've, we've talked about for a long time on this show. The fact that offensive line is like a brisket. And you can't microwave brisket and have it taste good. If you're cooking it from raw... You're not going to have a very good you're gonna brisket chip if you throw tooth. it in the microwave. Yeah. Where Nebraska is at, I think, not only in terms of this rebuild with the offense, but specifically when I zoom in on the offensive line, you're about four hours into a brisket cook. Yeah, you might have reached an internal temperature that's safe for eating. It doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> it doesn't mean that that that, that brisket's going to become the tender and the rendered fat that you want. It's just reached you know, a nice little internal temperature of 150, and it's still going to be like chewy as hell. Just because it's edible does not mean it's as good as the brisket can be. And I think we're at about that point where you're four hours in, hey, you've killed off the package. Give it some more time. But it's not done. It needs some more time. This offensive line, I think, has made strides from last year. It's still, based on what I have seen, not an offensive line that's going to be top half of the Big Ten just yet. But it's not going to be dead last either. You're on that upward trajectory. And, hey, maybe once a guy like Prohaska can get his feet under him, you mm-hmm. can start moving that, that trajectory up just a little bit. It's not there just yet. It's, uh, it is an improvement, though, from 2022 and 2021 in terms of what this offensive line is, at least in my opinion. You, you know, we
2: we talk about putting that pot roast in or the brisket for, you know, your football watch parties, and you'll have a chance to, to come see us at the Herdad Sports Bar and Grill Friday 4 to 6 uh, before the watch party. Uh, in La Vista, and they take care of the food for you. Get the bang bang sauce. We can't recommend that enough. But if you're throwing a, a a watch party for football, a lot of dudes will will throw ribs or brisket on their smoker. and if you screw it up, the next time you you try and redeem yourself, Elijah, they will say, no, I'm okay. <laughs> they, they They will just pass on the. The future invite. Let's hear a little bit from from Coach Tony White. Uh, get a little bit defensive flavor. We spent some time on the offense, and uh, Coach White sounded off immediately on what Saturday wasn't cut. One here from Mister White.
4: We have to do our job right. We're one third of the of the team. So it, it, if if we don't stop them on defense, and we got we got no chance. I mean. Uh, we got zero chance. And so that, that just was not good enough. That was, that was ridiculous. So as we go through this process and they see and they understand, and, you know, Coach being, being – having those expectations on us on, on that side of the ball, then we need to live up to it.
2: Hey, and, and that has been reinforced more than a, a few times verbally by Rule – publicly that you're a defensive football team you gotta own that Uh, more thoughts from Coach White what stood out on film
4: the execution and then the going out there on the grass and playing with our hair on fire those were the two things that showed up the most you say on that 29 yarder we didn't even have a guy we had we, we didn't have a guy do the right thing he went the completely wrong way and no no coincidence it goes right there so and that's just one of the plays that we're giving up you know but probably more so you know about the execution is the way the manner of which we didn't play with our hair on fire and that's 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 all. That's that's me. You know, I I know coaches sat up here and and, in front of everybody and and said that and did that. But, you know, that that's that's also my responsibility, too, to make sure that when those young men line up on the grass, they play. They play lights out and and they play R.D.V. and they didn't. So we need to uh, we need to uh, make sure that we
2: we allow those guys to do that. Back to the who you play versus how you play. And the defense has looked off the last two weeks. And Michigan will make a lot of defenses look off. Louisiana Tech, not so much. And they got to recapture that form that you saw all game against Minnesota. The last two minutes, not good. You you didn't get a stop. I I get it. But they played fast and furious to the football. They did it against
3: Colorado for a half. It was the way that the defense played like the next play was going to be their last. Yeah. That's how it felt through those first two games. You haven't felt that since the Northern Illinois game, and I think that may have just been about how bad Northern Illinois' offense was. You haven't had the, the intensity there the past couple weeks.
2: No, and they need to, to rekindle that. We'll wind down Hour 1, 15 minutes away from Searles. Hale Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity Radio, powered by add Sports can watch the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Check that out. Subscribe. Hale Varsity Radio Twitter. Give that a follow as well. And Spotify, iTunes, Google Play is the podcast you can download and take the show with. The segment you want to hear or, uh, for sure, the entire show. 489-1240. 489-1240. Are you going to tweet out a picture of your pot roast later? Can you do that for the people? Is that what the people want? I don't know. (laughs) There's a different way to phrase that with a question mark. Do you want to see Elijah's dot, dot, dot? (laughs) And there's a scream from border to border in the state. No is the
3: answer. The thing is, is whenever I think of. Of foods that like I really want to show Do off. Do you hate on social that or
2: no. Do you hate that or not? No, I I like because I'm kind of that guy where I'll, I'll tweet out a picture of steak or ribs or whatever. Yeah, no, and those are the foods that it's necessary with. But like but like what kind is it, of like, is it annoying though? For I mean, is it an automatic oh, I'm not following this guy? Well,
3: here's the thing: with a good brisket or ribs or a steak or a lot of these things, you can tell how good it's going to be just based on the eye test, based on the picture. Pot roast is not one of those foods. So what
2: what what what? What meat is Nebraska right now?
3: What meat is Nebraska? Are they right
2: are right they now? that that brisket that's at four hours and needs to go eight and a half? Uh, the, I, the, the offensive
3: line is. I think in terms of the Greater Husker football team, it might be like a ground chicken that is just like you know, it's it's protein for you. It's Chicken. It's chicken, but you're going to have to do a lot to it to make it like a, a high quality <laughs> you, meal. You are going so to absolutely
2: need, a lot of need to, to fry that bad boy. Somehow, some way, get me the, uh, the the salt, the seasoning, the pepper, the smelling salt. Rock Westfall, Rock. Good to hear from you. Rules an obvious upgrade as coach, and it shows they were just in a trance Saturday. Still, they are better off. Just get to Detroit by any means necessary, and and it's a great season. So again, that six win success number and and bowling, even if it's the quick lane bowl in Detroit. I do like the Detroit airport. We go to the phone lines now where Pete's been hanging on. Pete, hang on, and and, uh, thanks for hanging on. Go for it.
0: I got a couple points I'd like to make. Uh, I guess when I watch our defense, I see some technique problems, especially on the defensive line. If you you look at uh, Michigan and watch their defensive line, they kept their shoulders squared to the line of scrimmage. And we have a tendency to get kind of turned. And once you get turned, you can get gapped. Uh, So I think if you look on offense, you can find some technique problems, too. So I think maybe over time that will get corrected. The other point is, does either one of the quarterbacks, can they throw on the run? Because I I could be wrong, but I really don't see any uh, quarterback uh, rollouts, run-pass options.
2: I you know you you didn't see a ton of it with Harburg, they're not going three five seven step drop, but it's more quick read and release right out of the shotgun catch and fire. That's what I've seen. They've tried Roland Sibs. He had a couple against Colorado, on the sideline that that hit, and then he had the oh no on third down. They got picked and kind of opened the floodgates, so they've called it sparingly and. Uh, They've done the waggle thing where you bootleg to the outside of the right tackle and, and try and move him that way. So, Pete, thanks for the phone call. We'll see if there's more movement. That's one way to help protect against a line that doesn't protect as well. Searles will answer some things next.
1: The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel.
2: Back into it, at Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We welcome in Jeremiah Searles, uh, standout Husker NFL, or at Searles71 underscore HSKR. You'll hear Searles Friday night in Champagne as part of the Husker broadcast. Searles, you're in your Husker den. Good to see you again, brother. Tell me about the, uh, the animals you were hunting. Did you get
6: anything for the wall? unfortunately we did not uh we went elk hunting in colorado with my dad for eight days we were into the elk every day but you know when you have the old stick and string in your hand and not the high-powered rifle you gotta get them a lot closer than they wanted to come but great time loved it uh i got unfortunately got time and back to watch that nebraska football game so would have rather stayed in the mountains and had my phone turned off than have to take my son to that game for his first husker game in a hundred degree heat yeah, uh, he, did, he didn't love that. He didn't love that. He did love <laughs> running around on the field afterwards, though. That was the highlight of his day.
2: So that was probably the highlight of many people today with, <laughs> yeah. with that. So do you go full like Schwarzenegger and Predator with the camo? Oh,
6: yeah, I've got face paint on. <laughs> I've got the camo. Oh, yeah, I'll send you a picture. I'm, I'm I am one with the trees. Uh, I Chris. love it. I, I love one that. With the trees.
2: How's the accuracy? Are you? Uh, Herbert, or are you uh, former backup Nebraska quarterback? We won't name names, but just from an accuracy standpoint, where are you?
6: Oh, I'm, 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 I'm in there with my bow. I can put, I can put it in a dime within 40 yards. So, I if they would have came a lot closer, I had one big bull at 80, I had one big bull at 60, and just couldn't get him to come any closer. So,
2: well, next time, right?
6: Next time, always next time.
2: Searles, let's let's talk about next time, and I want to kind of relate this to a gauntlet that was thrown down to you. It's kind of jarred my memory, your 2012 season. Uh, guys went to the Big Ten championship game. It's after Ohio State. That was a shootout, and Ohio State, Urban, year one, ended up scoring 60. You guys put up enough points to win, uh, right around 38, I think. But right afterwards, and whatever closet Bo was stuck in for the post game, it was, we need to win out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite... Who we are Friday, but that's how I'm kind of linking things up from what Rule said because it's a big response game Friday. How did you take that in that moment with with Bo kind of laying the gauntlet down? And what do you think of what Rule said Monday?
6: Yeah, you know, when we heard that moment, we all knew that's what we had to do, you know, and there was no sugarcoating it. There was no, it was like if we want to succeed and have the goals in front of us that we want to do, which is Big Ten championship and, and rolling, then there is no other option, there is no escape button. Right. There is no it was burn the boats time. Right. Like there is no going back. You go forward or you die. And I don't think we're quite at that point where with the Husker team that is right now. But this is a big pivotal turning point of the season as we stare down the barrel, of the gun of the Big Ten schedule coming at us. Right. I think at the beginning of the year, we all looked at this game with Illinois and we probably all were looking like eh, probably an L. You know, Illinois is supposed to be pretty good this year. Things going back and then you turn on the tape and they are as much as a dumpster fire as anyone in the country right now. Like, they can't complete passes, they can't run the football, they can't stop anyone. And I look at this game as a pretty evenly matched two teams coming into a Friday night game after both putting up really embarrassing losses on Saturday, one to Purdue, one to Michigan. And everyone's trying to look at this as a get-back-on-track game. So, you know, with Rule challenging the team, putting them in full pads on a Sunday, and hey, God bless, boys, because I'm sure that was real fun. You know, like those are just attitude setters where it's like, hey, you don't wanna work during the week, you don't wanna you don't wanna figure it all out, then hey, we'll just we'll just you don't wanna work on Saturdays, we'll just work when we practice, right? That's an attitude, that's a culture type setting thing that rules just gonna instill in these guys.
3: It's Jeremiah Searles with us here, uh, Hill varsity radio talking Nebraska, Michigan and looking ahead to Illinois and Searles, which position group do you think is going to have the biggest chip on their shoulder this week because of what we saw against Michigan? A lot of positions had a bad day. Uh, I think you could really look and, and say that Nebraska probably got beat at all 22 positions on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. Now i want to get your take on just who needs to have the, the biggest get-right game against Illinois on Friday based on what we saw on Saturday.
6: You know, it's probably our D-line. You know, our D-line has been a bright spot for us with Nash Hutchmaker and Ty Robinson, Elijah Judy, Cam Lenhart when he's healthy. And, you know, you talk about those guys playing well the early part of the season. No one have showed up on Saturday. And I'm not saying that as a detriment to them. I mean, hats off to Michigan. That's five offensive linemen that you will see playing on Sundays. Right? Those are five NFL offensive linemen that were starting for Michigan. And that's a hard thing to do. But at the same time, I didn't see the passion, the fire, and the energy that I'm used to seeing from our defense and that starts with the ability to get up front and get after the passer and stop the run and create negative plays. So the biggest bounce back game in my opinion is going to be for that defensive front of the black shirts.
2: Why why do you think that the passion was lacking? I mean the juice in the stadium and I'm not calling the fans out, they just they know football, no, right? The they juice, know the football. The juice
6: sucked. The it, juice sucked.
2: The you juice know, was I, not good and and then c- clearly you got to bring your own juice. You don't really you shouldn't have to for Michigan, but they looked Timid. We, we've hit on this a lot, but I want your perspective as a guy who played it at a high-level pro in college. Did you ever go out there timid because of who you were facing?
6: No, and I think that goes back to there isn't a game that I can remember playing when I played in Nebraska that we didn't think we could win, right? There was never any time that anyone we stepped out on that football field and thought, well, let's just try and not lose today, right? Like we thought we were going to win every football game. But that's because we won a lot of football games and we knew what that feeling of winning is like. And I've talked about this before for what feels like three or four years now is just the fact that no one on this football team knows that feeling very well. right? No one knows that feeling of walking out against especially a Big Ten opponent and being like, yeah, we're going to beat you like because we know we can because we've done it. Right. Like I can't think of the last time this team, Iowa last year, but like, you know, has walked out consistently week in and week out and strung multiple conference wings wins together. And so, you know, when you come out with, man, that's the number two team in the country. That's got a lot of talent. Man, the stadium's not really buzzing. No one around the, no one around the state really talking about how like maybe we can upset. Like there just was nothing there to light that fire. And you can only get up so many times. Right? As, a, as a player, you 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 want to go out, but at one point in time, you have to just say, hey, this is for my pride. This is for, I want to show that I can go up against toe-to-toe with the best in the business, which is Michigan right now. Honestly, a national champion contender, and I'm going to go punch first. Right, I'm going to punch these dudes first. And I just didn't see any swinging from offense, defense, or special teams. And that, for me, was the most disappointing part. I didn't go into this game thinking that we were going to go toe-to-toe in a shootout with Michigan. But I wanted to see this Husker team emotionally come out and swing and punch and fight, and I just didn't see a whole lot of that in this game. So at what
3: point, given... Matt Rule's history, if you continue to see these guys not fights, I don't think you saw a whole bunch of fight from the defense, especially in the first half against Louisiana Tech. They followed it up with another flat performance against Michigan. At what point do you think Matt Rule starts looking a little bit deeper on the bench, some of those younger guys that he has brought in here to be the, the next faces of the program? At what point do you think Matt Rule starts turning to those guys?
6: I don't think you see that this year. You know, I don't think you all of a sudden want to burn shirts and burn some young guys' ability um, just based off the fact that, hey, you know, we just need guys right like you want to develop those guys you want to keep those guys in the developmental program lifting 3 days a week practicing super hard doing all those things so you know i don't anticipate you just saying hey let's just throw these guys out there and see what happens you kind of hey we're in a rebuild he's he's very open about it we're rebuilding it takes time let's play with the guys we got on defense and then you just try and push those guys and say hey you got to play better and guess what like it's not the threat of being benched it's the threat of do you want to keep getting embarrassed do you want to keep going out there and put the name on the back of your jersey and put the tape out there of what this tape is because you are your tape your tape is your resume right good bad ugly and different people cut on the tape they don't care if you're hurt they don't care if you're dinged you are who you are on tape so at one point you just have to suck up and say that's not who i am i'm going to play better and if you get 11 guys doing that then the outcome overall will be better
2: jeremiah Searles with us here on Hale varsity radio at Searles, 71 underscore hskr find him on Twitter and Instagram. So, Searles, let's look into the offense here. And do you, how much do you chalk up the inability to score points? 17 total points in Big Ten competition. To, to the quarterback, is it the O-line? Would Sims make a difference? May he make a difference sooner than later is what Satterfield said today. I don't think Harburg's been bad. I've seen him kind of grow as bad as Saturday was offensively. He did some okay things. So is, is quarterback an issue for you at this point, or what's the magic answer to get the offense better from a point total standpoint so the defense isn't out there having to, to pitch a shot out or hold somebody to the ten.
6: Yeah, you know, obviously, quarterback is the engine of the offense. You you go nowhere without the the trigger man being a very good player and taking care of the football. And I do think this is still Jeff Sims' team. You know, I don't think this is fair to say, oh, he's lost it because Her- Harburg went out and beat two low level schools, right? Like that's not fair to say, oh, Jeff Sims had two power five things and didn't go well, and then Harburg came in and beat up on these poor little kids, and now it's his team. <laughs> like I still think it's Sims' team. But, you know, to fix the offensive problems is our efficiency on first and second down. Running the football, efficient plays. I always say efficient plays are four-yard-plus plays in the run game. And, you know, getting ourselves into second and six, third and three, third and four manageable is what makes that happen. Too many times have we seen our offense have a negative play or a no-gain play on first down, and now we're sitting staring second and ten in the face, and you have to make a decision – do I try and run it again to try and get it to third and seven, or do I throw the ball and risk an incompletion and sit here in third and ten? Second and ten is the worst possible down and distance to be in as an offensive coordinator because you're putting a box to have to decide one or the other. So to fix this offense to get it sputtering and get it going where and stop it sputtering and get it some momentum to it, much more efficient on first down.
3: So Jeremiah Searles with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, and Searles. Whenever you you look back at that Michigan game and look ahead with Nebraska, I think one of the things that's most impressive about that Michigan performance is that offensive line, I think, off the top of my head, it was one negative play from the Wolverines all day and no penalty. So that offense was always moving forward. And as you talk about Nebraska's first and second down efficiency, getting yourself to third and manageable, I think a lot of that falls upon the offensive line. And now that you've seen Nebraska's offensive line against the class of the Big Ten in terms of front seven in Michigan, how far away do you think this offensive line is from being a reasonable offensive line in the Big Ten? I guess a
6: Nebraska offensive line. You know that's hard for me to answer because of it wasn't a real game and what i mean by that is i didn't get to see this offensive line execute in critical situations of a four-minute drill a two-minute drill a third and one and manageable against a team that knows you're going to run the football versus a team that just had their ears pinned back and we're like well you're down by 40 so we know you're going to throw the football right it's hard for me to gauge that looking at the tape overall i think they've taken steps in the right direction but it always just keeps seeming like it's just one guy, right? And it's not just one guy specifically, it's everyone taking their turn being the one guy. And when you're an offensive line, if five do not equal a one, then the plays could put before it even mm-hmm. begins. So. I want to see this O-line be more consistent. I think this is a week that we'll be able to see, hey, can you execute from quarter one to quarter four and put a full game together? And then I'll be better, better like educated to answer that question for you, Elijah.
2: What are you seeing from Teddy? Because I know he had some more time in the second half.
6: Uh, he got ran over once, which... Uh, well, Happens. Welcome back, welcome back buddy. Um, you know, but I just... I still am not fully convinced he trusts that knee Mm -hmm. you know he's got double shoulder braces on double knee braces on like the guy hasn't played a lot of football the last couple years I think it's going to take some time if he does become the guy to knock some rust off but you know he's got the build he's got the body and we just want to see him continue to develop and become better and better because we're going to need him down the stretch
2: what about Turner he keeps trying to go out there and uh, I know there's been some Some numbers associated with his performance, but he's still showing up.
6: Yeah, and he fights, and he battles, and he plays hard. And you know, sometimes you get outclassed out there; it happens. But one thing I know about Turner is he's not going to quit. And I can I can handle a guy that's going to go out there and fight tooth and nail. Now, would I like to see him clean up some of the technical things? Absolutely. You know, would I like to see him stop leaning when he punches, not stopping his feet on contact, and running through some things for sure? You know, everyone would love to see him get better, but. You know, with what he was, and I think everyone assuming he was going to move into guard, and then Teddy not being and getting dinged and saying, hey, we need you to still go play the hardest position on the offensive line. He's been serviceable.
3: It's Jeremiah Searles with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, I think we have time for one, maybe two final thoughts here. And whenever you look at what Anthony Grant has put on film, the fumbling really wasn't an issue last year. Apparently it is this year. Uh, He's looked all right the past two games. Michigan was a tough ask with just how little room there was to run. Mm -hmm. What do you make of him being the bell cow over the next seven games?
6: I'm okay with it. You know, I think he it's not like he's not used to it. He was the bell cow last year. Do I think he would be more effective if we had more of a one-two punch? Yes, but such is football, next man up. You know, so I think he needs to focus on taking care of the football. You know, fumbling is a confidence issue. When you think about fumbling, you fumble. When you're confident in ball security and it's not even a thought, then you can focus on running. And right now, I think he's focusing on don't fumble the football, don't fumble the football. And so, like, you're seeing a little bit more of a slower read, a slower press, Because when he's at his best, he's putting one foot in the ground and getting north and south. And I also think he fell into the trap a little bit last week of, I got to get a spark. I got to make this offense go and try and bounce and make the big play instead of just trust the process, trust the play, pound it up inside for four yards. I think he tried to press a little too much. Cyril's
2: last thought with just this team's psyche and what they're going into for Friday night. What, what are you looking for when you're getting ready for the game as things are about to kick off Friday in Champaign?
6: Yeah, you know, I want to see how this team's going to respond from getting punched in the face. You know, CU was a punch in the face, but this was a true dragging, right? You got dragged out of your own stadium. How do you respond, right? How does Rule have this team respond and do they come out swinging or do they come out their tails between their legs? And a lot of that's going to be dependent on how Rule has got them coached, how Rule has got them prepared during the week, and how some of the senior leadership steps up and pulls some of these younger guys with them. I want to see them come out and play really hard.
2: Knowing the, the seniors on this team, do you anticipate the right response?
6: I do. I do anticipate the right response. I think these guys are going to come out the right way, ready to play. And like I said, I think this is a coin flip game because I think Illinois is in the exact same boat
2: well I, it's gonna be bring your own energy <laughs> oh yeah
6: friday night and champagne's not gonna be popping nope. <laughs> nope no popping bottles and champagne on friday night that's for sure you're gonna have to go
2: to the club a poetic close from uh searles i like that searles we'll see you on friday bud take care and thanks for the time
6: absolutely appreciate you guys go big red
2: good to spend time with jeremiah searles good perspective there we'll dive into friday and beyond how confident are you in three and one? Open phone still 1240
1: Hail Varsity Radio is live now. Back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah, you want me to speak? We're not pointing you, you yet. On Hail Varsity Radio.
2: Big thanks to Searles, Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Herdad Sports. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, 489-1240-800-825-5865. We'll get into some NFL, some observations here from the past weekend. The look ahead, some more thoughts on Nebraska-Illinois as it is Find out Friday. Uh, we'll be at the Herdant Sports Bar and Grill. Come see us. Watch Party follows our live road show 4 to 6. That's in La Vista. If you haven't been up there to the Herdant Sports Bar and Grill, uh, check it out. Should be a good old time. Plenty of beer and whiskey and other choices flowing. Uh, Elijah may do more than just one basket of corn fritters. I may do more than just one basket of shrimp with the bang bang sauce. I may kill an entire pizza or two. Uh, I have not quite decided, and some of you may need to eat your feelings, as in feelings of joy if Nebraska makes it happen, or feelings of oh no, it's a two and four team going into the bye. Dear God, been here before. Four eight nine twelve forty. Get into some more of the stream comments, some more thoughts from White, Coach White, and also Satterfield on the. Offense. Anonymous chimes in, the uh, ESPN-FPI gives Nebraska a 20% chance of finishing the year with at least six wins. This against the least daunting schedule Nebraska will see for at least the next 10 years. Anonymous, you're absolutely right. Do you look at the schedule, Elijah, and say, don't care if it's year one, Nebraska's schedule is as, air quote, manageable, winnable, coin flippable, doable as it's ever going to be. Because there's been years where it's just been a gauntlet. November still no fun for Nebraska. I mean, Maryland right now looks all right. We'll see what they're all about after their trip to Ohio State this weekend. But they're almost ranked and uh, they've got one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Iowa's a mess without their quarterback. They're chanting fire Brian, but they're still finding ways to win. And Iowa's probably on their way to eight or nine at least. Then there's Wisconsin. And you, you start the whole month off with Michigan State. Task at hand right now, Friday at Illinois. Finding a way out of that. It's not been a good place for you. What's it been? Has Illinois beat you three straight times. The last time you beat Illinois was 2019. They crushed you in Lincoln after Penn State in 20. You lost the opener in 21. We were up there for that, uh, the infamous safety to start things off with the kickoff, and and then in 22, you were leading them, and then Casey got smoked, and it went downhill. So let's see.
3: I got the uh, I got all the stats pulled up in front of me here. Since joining the Big Ten, Nebraska is six and four. Versus Illinois, but the last one was in 2019. You have lost three straight. To you, the had to, and you
2: had to shoot out to win
3: that. Overall, you are two and two in Champaign. The last of those coming in 2019. You are also one and one in one score games against the Fighting Illini. So it's really been pretty dead even since you've joined the Big Ten in terms of you and Illinois. Which mm-hmm. I, I don't think Husker fans will want to hear that it's you and Illinois. You're dead even over the past 10 years. But since 2017, Nebraska three and three against Illinois. Nebraska is two and one in Champaign in those games since 2017. Man. Well, so yeah, so even pretty much in terms of Illinois, Illinois has kind of been your litmus test in the Big Ten over the past couple of years. Are you good enough to beat Illinois? Because that's been the team that's been on your level.
2: Well, and, and, and they were the best team in the West a year ago. They didn't have a good finish to the year. But a lot of guys in the league that Lovey left Coach Burt and – Uh, They are a far cry from that this year. Scott chimes in, the false starts are horrible. I'm not going to name names, but it's the same two players every freaking week. Yeah, Can you clean up the penalties and uh, what type of of response? I I loved hearing that from from Searles. What is the response going to be like? You'd like to think you know, Elijah, because all the right things are said on a Tuesday by the players, but... It's um easier said than done with this Nebraska football team, and let's uh, let's go back to Coach White when we talk response, uh, his thoughts on Sunday because that's been a big question. Was okay, you had to wear pads. How would the team go about it when it was time to uh, to get after? And Cyril said something interesting with, "All right, you're not going to play physical and tough and go out there and let it rip Saturday." Fine. Is what Cyril said we'll do it Sunday, and that's what Nebraska ended up having to do.
4: They responded well. I've never I've never seen that before, where you know, coach just sprung that on them on a Sunday and they went out there and had probably one of their better practices ever in pad, so uh, they they have responded up to this point, so it but it's still a process, right? And the, the tell tell will be when when uh, the clock reads zero uh, Friday night. So
2: Okay. This has been a, a talking point, and it's a, a point of emphasis because it, it's helped to aid this defense, and, and that is pass rush. And do you have Cam Linhart back? He's been one of your better pass rushers. Sounds like you will on Friday night. Uh, you've had some of the guys. Uh, your blitzer has been Reimer. You're not going to have him. Uh, Henrich has been good. Nash has had a good sack total early, but he's looking to rebound against a tough Michigan outing and, uh, to- Coach Tony White was asked about the pass rush
4: or the lack thereof. Yes, that comes back on me, right? Being aggressive, you look at the the games prior and we're really aggressive up there. The La Tech game, um, we kind of figured that they weren't going to just let you run back there, right? they were real quick throws and you know doing certain things that you like. Okay, they're not going to let you run back there and hit the quarterback. But this game, you know, we had we had some chances too. We just didn't hold up. Whether it was we had chances to hit them and the coverage broke down, or whether the coverage was. Great and we didn't we didn't get off of off a block so that's just me 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 and the play calling being aggressive and and letting the guys loose and then the preparation during the week making sure the guys know what to do and then and again it comes back to making sure their their mindsets correct right you got to play right you gotta get on the grass and play ball okay and and that's the most disappointing thing you know you're looking at as a coach like you go back and look like what did I do wrong so that way those guys can go because they do everything that's asked Right, I and mean, they came in on Sunday and, and and went through had a had a really good practice, you know, and so they're gonna they're gonna go and do it. So now, one, we gotta we gotta do our part, make sure they know what the hell to do, so they can go do it, and then demand that of them, make sure that they understand. Again, I said this before, and I know this is from coaches. Like, there's a way you're gonna play football in Nebraska, okay? And that was not good enough on Saturday, period.
2: So, pretty adamant there. That's how the uh, fans that, that went and left or that went and stayed felt. And, you know, as, as we kind of put an end to the, the September Truths theme, here's what I believe. I, I believe Colorado is going to be right on the cusp of being a Bull team when they get back healthy-wise. Uh, what they showed me against USC in their comeback was impressive after getting dominated by Oregon. Uh, I think Minnesota is a team that may just get to six. They're not very good. And that was a game that you had. and And I think Michigan is what they are. I mean they're they're really, really good and their November is going to be telling as well, but I think they're at worst built to finish the year three and one they may they may not sweep Ohio State and Penn State, but they're good enough to, to split. And by doing that, they'll they'll get a high consideration because of how they look. You can talk about who they've played with their strength of schedule but you get one of those two wins, Penn State or Ohio State and that's going to be one of the better wins in college football this year. So uh, I think they're a they're going to be a playoff. And if Ohio State stays unbeaten or Penn State stays unbeaten, they're in. But I think your your Michigan's going to be a second Big Ten option, assuming you don't get multiple Pac-12 teams in. I think they start beating each other up. I don't think Louisiana Tech's worth a damn. I think their backup quarterback was okay. And they've got some some better skill, talent than Nebraska does, at least more more jitterbug guys. Uh, and that that's so weird to say. At least that we've seen on the field right now. And and Northern Illinois may be as bad a football team as there is mm. when it comes to what they are offensively as a whole. So Nebraska right now is probably you got three tiers of the Big Ten. You got your big dogs, you've got your everybody else, and then you've got your trying to uh to get from the kids' table to the adult table, and Nebraska's at the kids' table right now.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Just with with what the rest of this league is. Uh, this is your relegation game if you're Illinois season flips on you and, and you're probably home uh, if you're Nebraska you you will be zero three in the league and a chance to get right but what's your what's your um, morale like with two weeks to think about it and get back out there and then from a fan base standpoint you're um, you're having a tough time with the rebuild anyway because it's not not been the easiest of things. It's it's a patience process.
3: And I'll, I'll keep my September truths pretty simple with this team. Simply put, this football team is not very good right now. No. Simply put, this it football is, team it's, is it's not very not good. It's not right that
2: now. they're not working. They're just what they are.
3: This team is faces an uphill climb to reach a bowl game this year. But with that being said, everything that this team wants to accomplish is still ahead of them. You have done enough to give yourself a chance to make a bowl game through October and November. It's going to be an uphill battle, and I think a lot of it's going to fall on the coaching staff to get this team a hell of a lot better between now and the end of the month. I think if you want to make a bowl game, it happens in October. That's not a bold statement to make. I think in order to make a bowl game, the the, the coaching staff is going to make a lot of hay, or is going to have to make a lot of hay, and I, I think it's going to take 3-1 and one through the month of October. This football team's not very good. I think they have the pieces in place to be better and to make a bowl game. And it's not just on the coaching staff, it's on the players as well. Uh, both of those 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 sides of the equation have to line up in order for this team to be able to make a bowl game. But everything this team wants to accomplish is still ahead of it, and it's still in the cards that it can make a bowl game. And I think making a bowl game is an absolute win for this coaching staff mm-hmm. in year one. I think not only is it a positive boost to the fans and to the team, it gives you some positive momentum in recruiting that you can say, hey, Nice to meet you. I'm Matt Rule. Nebraska hadn't made a bowl game in seven years across multiple coaches, and I did it in my first year. What do you think we're going to do in year two? I think that's an absolute Calm win. down. It might not be overjoy from Husker fans to go play a bowl game in Detroit in January, but with that being said, it would still be an absolute win for this program, and I think it's still possible, but you're going to need to see that development in action from the Husker coaches and the Husker players.
2: Well, and, and our old friend Rock Westfall has been listening for years, says uh, if you're asking Santa for anything, it's one, get a – at a minimum, get a, get a plane ticket to Detroit and then also get that Kevlar uh, if you are going to Detroit. Uh, he said that tongue-in-cheek with the bulletproof vest request uh, if you are headed to Detroit in December. Uh, funny, Rock, loved it. <laughs> Email from Brett, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Stop talking bad about my Huskers. Screw you guys. Going home. Love you, too. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Open phones till 6. Hail Varsity continues. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, powered by Herdat Sports at the Herdat Sports Bar and Grill, Friday, 4 to 6. Watch Party follows, so come see us up there in La Vista. And uh, real red reaction follows Brett's second email. West champs guaranteed. God love your optimism, Brett. Emails Chris at halevarsity.com. Spark Adventures has tipped us, and uh, it's $1.99, Elijah, we, we are singing for the supper tonight. See, and I had this... I'd, I'd give you more. I'd give you at least eight ninety nine for a plate of your pot roast tonight. That's a great offer, actually. I would totally do that. That's a
3: great offer, and I was thinking. I was thinking with our road show Friday at the Herdette Sports Bar and Grill, I think we set a tip amount. Not that we ask people to give us tips, (laughs) but if you do, hey, you want to see us drink a beer on the air and see what happens after six? It's $5 per beer. Tip us five. (laughs) One of us gets a beer. I think that's a great idea.
2: If you you want your tab covered, just come out and say it instead of asking (laughs) for the collection plate to be passed.
3: Well, I think that's how you get- The Church of Elijah. It's how you get the listener in and are drinking, you know, like- you, you want to see us start getting they, real unfincered?
2: Dude, they watch us on Saturdays. They watch us pregame. They watch us postgame. They watch uh, the, the Friday shows. And, and they know we'll have a beer or a cup of coffee or something in between. Maybe maybe it is water. Maybe it isn't. Uh, we'll we'll get that um, figured out. But I think
3: but, if they want to see us drink a lot, I think we should leave that
2: to the power fans. We can't the like just get sloppy and then go on and do a post game. That doesn't work too. Well. I feel like we can if we get fifty dollars in tips. No, you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a seven-second delay, we're going to have a shock caller for each of us. Yes, hello, bosses. Monday meeting. I know that we were very sloppy in that post-game show. Sorry about that. But here's $50 that we got in tips. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Give me half. Here's your box. Go pack. Who's on the line? Jonathan on the line. Jonathan, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
0: Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? hey, so just kind of piggyback it real quick off the whole bowl game thing, even if it is, you know, the Little Caesars Bowl. Um, You know, one kind of underrated aspect of making a bowl, even if it is a kind of lower-tier bowl like that, uh, is the extra practice not just the extra game, but especially the extra practice, getting more time to look at footage, what say you, you know. And that team hasn't had that for, what, six years? They haven't made a bowl so, game?
2: No, uh, it, think about it, the accumulation, too, Jonathan, of not just an extra seven to ten bowl practices, but do that over three years for, for those players that are trying to climb up the depth chart. That's 30 to 40 practices. That's a spring
0: session, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I I can't remember. Would you guys say it was six or seven years? I haven't made a bowl game. I can't You're remember. You're
2: going on year seven. It's been oh, six. Oh God! So if, you, so if you go, let's start praying. If you go, <laughs> if you go uh, without a bowl game this year, it'll be seven years. That'll be almost two full recruiting class. I mean, two two full recruiting sessions of freshman through senior year, not COVID. Yeah, a, a that's no help
0: them. to those young men who want to get as much playing and practicing as possible. You know, a bowl game is a bowl game mm-hmm. uh, to me personally. There is uh, positive aspects to it, no matter what bowl game it is. Like I said, extra no. practice, extra game, and uh, if we can just even, you know, start small there and just kind of, you know, make it a snowball effect almost. Who knows what the future holds? I'm not going to say they're going to win the Big Ten West anytime soon because, you know, Washington and Oregon and the USC are coming in, so that's going to be a total wild card for you know the West's future. But uh, yeah, hopefully they get something going, starting small, and you know just going from there.
2: Well, Jonathan, thanks for the call. And it starts Friday, dude. I mean, it's it's do or die. Get to three and three, and then get to the the bye week. You are going to be miserable at two and four, and you're going to be miserable because you you have two weeks to sit there and, and just beat up on one another until you get a chance to go out and take on Northwestern. Uh, the kids aren't going to, A, like the result. They don't like being two games under 500. But, B, it is just the, the fact that you're going to have to go through the gauntlet just in, uh, internally again. Because Rule's calling them out in a good way, in a positive way, challenging them in a good way, in a positive way. And now it is all about response. Uh, they got to be put in position offensively with a game plan. Go execute it. Yes, you got to play like you've been playing defensively, and you got a team that's also limping in. And and this is it's better than the alternative. It's better than getting somebody of Michigan's ilk following getting destroyed by somebody that's that's way better than you at the current moment. And while we're talking September truths, and and
3: while we have the the poor taste of Michigan sitting in our mouths whenever you look back at what the month of September was, are we still prepared to call anything less than a bowl game a failure for this season? And, and that's a harsh terminology. I'm not sure we ever specifically laid it out, but whenever, gonna look whenever, whenever you look back at our shows from... May through July, it was always the baseline standard for success it this still is, is it's, going to be a bowl game. It's still a bowl game. So it still needs to be. So is it a failure if, if you're not reaching a bowl game in year one? Because I think unequivocally, absolutely, yes, it is a failure if you don't reach a bowl game in year yes. one. Because it's showing that you have not made any progress. Even if the record is better, if you fail to make that bowl game against what's been laid out today by our listeners and by ourselves as well to be... An easier schedule than you're gonna get in the future i don't think if you're making a bowl game in year one as matt rule i i think there's a lot less you can sell and i think it makes your rebuild as a whole a lot more difficult and maybe it's just a, a ball bouncing your way in a couple of games this year that gets you to a bowl game and the talent isn't there but you luck your way in i think that's still a win because of what jonathan laid out with the practices what i laid out last segment with the the recruiting momentum that you can then go sell and say hey I ended this streak of bowl games. What do you think year two and year three is going to look like for me? I think there's a lot you can sell off a bowl game, and I think that that your your rebuild becomes a lot more uphill, even more than it already is, if you're not playing in a bowl game in year one.
2: You, you need to do it, and and just just the case of, listen, he didn't he didn't do it in his previous stops. That's fine, but he's already said, listen, I I think I'm I'm in more of a year two situation where I'm on that bull fringe at Nebraska. And, that, and, that's, what, and- that's, that's what his assessment was at the time. And, I, and I'm, it's okay to be positive, but Rule doesn't strike me as a guy that's just throwing out sound bites to be eye candy and, and garner favor. I think he's an honest assessor. And based on what he saw, the talent he saw, and what he thought spring was, He's been through these before. He's been through the 1-11s at Temple and and in Baylor. And
3: and Nebraska is not Temple or Baylor any year. I don't care what part of the rebuild you're in. Any year, that's not a bowl game. You're walking
2: in, in theoretically, to more in the cupboard. You can challenge some of that on on offense with where you're at at quarterback, where you're at on the offensive line performance-wise. What are you with your skill, guys? The offense is... Is a mess, okay? And and they're they're working to get better, but they're limited. Can they play better? Can they look better at what they want to do? And the, the the topic of offensive identities come up a lot. They have an identity. They want to be physical and they want to be able to run the football. It's nice to want to do that. Can you do that? And, and rule said it on Monday. Don't confuse uh, what we are versus what we're good at. Mm. And want to do and they're and they're not they're not good at being able to line up and run it and get three or four yards on first down against a team like Michigan. They're going to need to be able to figure that out and grind it out so they can get that six yards per carry fourth quarter average and uh, take take it down two yards. Give me four yards in the fourth quarter if I'm a Nebraska fan and hold on to the football. They got annihilated with time of possession as well. They were minus 17 against Michigan. They only had 40-some plays. (laughs) And and a handful of that was two-minute drill and a half. We'll wind down to Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, big thanks to Jeremiah Searles. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman. Find their segments or whatever segments you want to hear. The entire show: Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity Radio. You can rewatch the episode. a Couple different ways on video. Hale Varsity Radio. Twitter feed at H varsity radio or the hail varsity YouTube channel reminder to get buckled up hands on the wheel eyes and mind straight ahead the driver has one job that's to drive a message from the Nebraska department of highway safety office we are trying to get better at getting through all of your comments in the stream yard if we didn't read yours or get to you we apologize we'll be better tomorrow We're, we're, we're trying to get better every day as well I do uh have this to add. Kirk has chimed in, so he is proposing 10 bucks. Can we race? Yes. Can we race a beer?
3: I think we should just race. 40-yard dash. Dude. What else could he be referring
2: to? No. He, he, who can slam the beer quickest, like you oh. see at the NBA games? What are you thinking?
3: <laughs> I'm thinking we they line us up outside the Hill Varsity Club, and we we go head-to-head head in a 40-yard dash.
2: I think you're extremely high. 20-yard dash? No, I'm gonna maim you with my vehicle so I can win. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I'm gonna win. That'll take. That'll be fifteen dollars in the tip. if You want to see that? <laughs> Elijah, what's wrong with Elijah? He's got a bone sticking
3: out. Yeah, twenty-five dollars will box um, fifty. We we gotta have like a whole tip sheet here for for post-game shows if for what people want to see. You know, uh,
2: Bert chimes in and <laughs> says a million on you in any race against me. I don't know about that. You have old linemen. I, yeah, I got I got tight foot hips, issues, tight hips.
3: My knees will get sore. I've
2: never been fast. Never.
3: Nah, I, I I I'm a clunky runner. You know. You uh, you, you play. I, l- I
2: got long strides, but it's not fast. No, you you're you're a lineman. It's all right.
3: It's just it's just I've I've seen my running technique before. Short short area burst. I got, I, just, got I got good lateral quickness. Lateral quickness like don't test me. Mhm. In a straight line running oh, it's going to be the clunkiest, most awkward-looking yeah, runner no you've
2: ever seen. no one wants to see that. I I mean, unless you want to feel better about yourself. Elijah will win by oh, uh, probably 13 yards. In, a, in 40? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Again, in, unless there's the reenactment of, of Happy Gilmore where some guy in a fisherman's hat comes out of nowhere with a Volkswagen.
3: Okay, If this helps you, I did race our good friend Will Wilson, who you— on the Real Red Reaction mm-hmm. Show as well as on the morning show here locally for our Lincoln listeners on KFOR on the uh, the morning hookup. I raced him across a basketball court one time. Why? To see who would win, obviously. But I mean, that? It was dead even. It was it was I won one, he won the other, and I won the best of three, and they were all very, very close. He He had the start on me. I think I had the – once I got up to speed, I was faster than him, but just barely. It was close all three times. If that gives you a good gauge of how
2: fast I am. The the Alpha Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Where nobody wins when it comes to uh, actual 40 times and feats of strength. And no, that'd be really pure fun, athleticism. Like, hey, all the people who talk
3: about sports all day, you want to see how bad they actually you are? What, you want to know why we're talking versus <laughs> playing? Uh,
2: real simple, real easy. Well, we make it the Beer Olympics, and you have to drink a beer in between every single event. And That's you, fine. You see how it gets by the no, end. We no, can, we can study film that way. I think I'd handle the Beer Olympics all right and, and, and do wonderful. This would so, be a
3: good off-season activity for yeah, us.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get it figured out. The the, the Beer Olympics will huddle up and be back tomorrow. Evan Bland going to be with us. A jock doc tomorrow. Mike Babcock will join us from Hale Varsity. Thanks a ton for tuning in. And uh, we'll check in with you tomorrow. Again, check out the uh, the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or the Hale Varsity YouTube channel.
3: A at Media Production.